Hey, this is Greg Barron. You're having the honor of hearing me on PF Tape Recorder. But really, just the show's fine. It doesn't need me at all. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Wendy Liebman. If somebody had given me that book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Well, basically it says, um, just get rid of everything that doesn't bring you joy. So the first thing I did was I threw the book away. We're up to our navel in Wendy's. It's our second Wendy in a week. We had Wendy Mayberry last week. And always a great conversation with Wendy Liebman. She's so, so funny. One of my favorite joke writers ever, by the way. And we're going to have a song of the week from the Pet Shop Boys. I think you're going to dig it. I hope you're going to dig it. Uh, you'll have to see what you think, actually. And let me see what else. Oh, well, yes, and we're going to have, uh, from the archives, once again, another dumb bit. So apologies for the fact that I didn't do a new dumb bit. I do have one uh, ready to go. Uh, it will still be timely next week, trust me, because that's to do with the uh, election and so forth. But I was thinking back, and I remembered uh, this is probably my favorite dumb bit ever. I'm very proud of this one as far as the production and the subject. And it, it involves uh, two of my favorite things, uh, nudity and Republican hypocrisy. So uh, please enjoy this bit from 2014. Still timely today, I believe. Newsbusters and their parent organization, the Media Research Center, and I'm using those annoying little air quotes when I say research, uh, anyway, they're vigilantly fighting an effort to boycott those who advertise on the Rush Limbaugh show. But don't worry, they still have time to attack a stay-at-home mom, which is the subject of this installment of... What kind of nonsense is that? Rita Templeton is a mommy blogger. She has her own website slash blog called Fighting the Frumpy. A few weeks ago, she wrote a post called The Naked Truth. A bit of an overused title, uh, if I do say so myself. Uh, but it seems like every story about nudity seems to use that title. You know, the naked truth about celebrities, the naked truth about blah, blah, blah. But anyway, uh, her basic thesis was, and it was a good one, as the mother of four boys, ages two to nine, she decided that if her sons accidentally saw her naked getting out of the shower or whatever, seeing her get into her pajamas, whatever the case may be, she wouldn't freak out and might even view the situation as a positive. Now, the Huffington Post runs her stuff too. So like me, she's not making money from several places on the internet. They, of course, uh, picked up on this, uh, but they decided to change the title to Why I Want My Sons to See Me Naked, which is a completely different idea than the one she put forth in the original post. Now, if you've ever lived in a house with other family members, you know people walking on each other in various stages of nakedness. Uh, totally by accident, it just happens. Miss Templeton decided such situations were no big deal. She didn't, as the HuffPo version of the title implies, sit her sons down one day and say, Okay, boys, gather around. Mommy wants to show you something. No. She was talking about accidental nudity. If they happened to see her that way by accident, she wouldn't make a big deal out of it and make them feel like they did something horrible. She also reasoned that if they did happen to see her incidentally naked, that it would be, in the long run, maybe a good thing because it would instill a realistic expectation of what the female body looks like. Boring, but you know, in a good way, a healthy way. It's a good thought. Okay, this of course is where Newsbusters and the Media Research Center show up. Now, Newsbusters uh, and the Media Research Center, the Media Research Center owns Newsbusters, they're not the brightest bulbs on the internet, and uh, being the narrow-minded busybodies that they are, it's no surprise a headline like, Why I Want My Sons to See Me Naked is going to give them an embolism. So the Media Research Center writes a rather lengthy piece decrying her as the worst mom of 2014, and of course their sister site Newsbusters links to it. But in case the HuffPo's reworking of the title wasn't inaccurate enough, they titled their critique, Mommy Blogger Wants to Be First Nude Body Young Sons See. 
And this is the first thing I saw on this, and when I saw it worded like that by Newsbusters, I knew there was something fishy going on. Now, the Huffington Post also had Miss Templeton as a guest on their HuffPo Live streaming channel to discuss the piece. And understand that HuffPo bears some responsibility here because they clearly tried to position this as something titillating when it most certainly was not. The MRC in their piece even embed the video uh, in their critique, though they totally managed to draw one wrong conclusion after another. Host Ricky Camillari, for his part, tries his best to make this sound way more exciting than it really is. Politics to parenting, HuffPost blogs run the gamut. And every day at HuffPost Live, we like to shine a spotlight on some of the hottest blogs on our site. Mmm, hottest blogs. Go on, Ricky. Now, while mainstream thinking suggests that we cover up and maintain some modesty in front of our kids, it's... Spoiler alert, so does the person you're about to interview. One Iowa mom has made the choice not to be bashful around her young sons, both out of convenience and principle. In her blog, Why I Want My Sons to See Me Naked, which is not the title of her blog. Her blog is Fighting the Frumpy. That's not even the title of the original post. All right. So, now I'm very pro-nudity, but I'm also very pro-modesty. Now, if it's hot out and there's no one else home and I want to wait to put on the air conditioning because, you know, I'm also cheap above all other things. Well, you know. Okay, sorry. I know. T-M-I-P-F. But I'm also the kind of guy who, when I go to the beach or a swimming pool, I'll wear a t-shirt even in the water. Okay? So when she says this... I'm not naked more than the average person. I'm completely bummed out. Now, she even goes as far to say that she does teach modesty, like when it comes to using the bathroom. You poop with the door closed, and you close the door and you shower, and stuff like that. But she also realizes that it's hard to control four young boys. As much as I teach them about knocking and about modesty, they barge in. Kids do that. True that. But the best part of all this is toward the bottom of the Media Research Center piece, where they highlight some of the points she makes in the HuffPo live interview, but does so in the weirdest way. They call out where she says she wants to teach her children not to be ashamed of their bodies, but instead of using the whole quote, they just put the word ashamed in quotes as if to indicate that that's crazy talk. You should be ashamed of your body, and if you're not ashamed of your body, you'll make Jesus cry. They also point out that she says her partner understands all this and highlights just the word partner in quotes because to the Media Research Center, that's code for something evil. What's funny is she's not the one that brings up the word partner. Host Ricky Calamari does. What, what's, your, what's your partner's uh, nudity policy? So she just goes along with the word partner. In fact, she didn't even say the word partner. She just says he understands we've sat down and talked about it and so on. Now, remember the R in Media Research Center stands for research. So you'd think they would do some and find out who this partner, quote unquote, is. My guess is either they did and they didn't like the answer because it undermines their whole BS premise, or they were just that lazy and incompetent. Either scenario is likely. It took me less than a minute to find out who her partner is. Her partner is her husband. And it doesn't say how long they've been married, but they've been together since she was 17. Oh, sorry, Media Research Center. It's not a same-sex partner or some dude she's shacked up with and living in sin. But maybe next time, huh? Isn't this the kind of thing newsbusters and the MRC should celebrate? She's married to a man. She's had four kids with him. She chose life. She did not have them. She's a stay-at-home mom. Her pretty little head isn't filled with notions of having a career outside the home and trying to do things that are best left to the menfolk. The Media Research Center and newsbusters should have attacked HuffPo for trying to be click whores and using an innocent post about a common household occurrence to drum up page views. But instead, they try to take the moral high ground with a perfectly lovely woman who, from reading her blog, appears to be a fine mom. So let's review. Newsbusters and the Media Research Center are vigorously coming to the defense of Rush Limbaugh, a very wealthy, very powerful white male who is a noted misogynist, race baiter, homophobe, probable sex tourist, general bigot, and overall awful human being. And they instead are attacking a stay-at-home mom who has been married to a guy she's been with since she was 17, with whom she has four boys, 
she did not have four boys, she chose life, who lives in Iowa, the heart of the heartland, and they're attacking her because she decided not to freak out if her sons happened to accidentally see her naked. Okay, so we do not have a candidate for worst mother of 2014, no. What we do have, though, is a solid nomination for the most ridiculous thing ever posted by Newsbusters and the Media Research Center. And something that should make anyone reading it say, What kind of nonsense is that? This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our Home Shirts websites, use the code COMEHOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. Wendy Liebman is a stand-up comedian from Boston, Massachusetts, but now she lives in Los Angeles with her husband and uh, formerly with her stepsons who have now moved out. Uh, you'll hear more about that in a few minutes. She's one of America's best joke writers. If you don't know her, get to know her. Here's our interview now with Wendy Liebman. Well, uh, geez, it's been about, I think, a year, a year and a half. Um, you know, what have you been up to these days? Well, I moved. Um, so that took a lot out of me. <laughs> I threw away about a third of my stuff. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah, so I lost a little weight. Huh. And um, somebody had given me that book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Have you heard of that book? No, but it's weird you should mention it because um, we were just going through our basement and we're trying to really downsize in the hopes of one day retiring and moving to Florida. And uh, we threw out a bunch of stuff last week and the basement looks exactly the same. (laughs) Well, basically it says um, just get rid of everything that doesn't bring you joy. Uh Aha. So the first thing I did was I threw the book away. (laughs) And... I'm just doing my act for you this morning. That's nice. <laughs> um, I'll take so you're that. moving to Florida. Well, no, just that's 15, 20 years away, probably, or depending where our girls end up. Uh, one just started college, the other just started seventh grade. So, um, and my wife wants. Oh, thank you. My wife wants to end up where at least one of them is. Hopefully, they're within a couple of hours of each other, and uh, that's probably where we'll end up moving. So, if, if I don't know if as the audience, my podcast audience knows my oldest is Fangirl. If Fangirl ends up in Minnesota, guess what? We're going to end up in Minnesota. But that's just, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Fangirl, did you say? Yeah. We, Fangirl? Fangirl. Yeah, that's her nickname. Yeah, she's guested on my podcast a couple of times in the past. And she started off when she was, I think she's been doing the podcast for five, six years now. And she would come on and talk about music and all the music she was listening to. And I just started calling her Fangirl, and she liked that. So that's um, Hannah's her real name. People know her as Hannah too. But whenever she's on the show, it's... and now she's going to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> What's that like? She loves it. Uh, she's just going across the river at Northern Kentucky University, but uh, she loves it. We were a little worried about her going to school close by, but she is living on campus, which we think was a really important experience for her. And so far, we have proven to be right. It's been much better because a lot of uh, her high school friends that uh, are commuting to other schools in the area, we have a couple of big colleges here in Cincinnati, 
They are missing high school and not having a good college experience, but Hannah is on campus. She is, uh, as we say, Miss NKUAF, and uh, she's um, she goes to Northern Kentucky University, and she's really enjoying it. Well, I was waitlisted at Brown College, Brown University. Okay. And I'm, I'm still waiting. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> she got waitlisted for Ohio State, and uh, yeah, she didn't quite make the first cut. She really wanted to go there, but I think this is going to be better for her. You know, I think everything works out in the end. I right. ended up going to Wellesley. So, um, it was all women college, which is a little, uh, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I look back and I think I had a really good education. Plus, um, you know, I slept for four years. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice. Well, congratulations. Yes, I have, I have, um, senior in, in college right now so I'm just getting his room ready for when he's going to move back in yeah, I know right <laughs> <laughs> the, the big fear and then I have another I have another step I have two stepsons because my husband yep has two kids from the previous poker game yes um my my other stepson just moved out so my husband and I are empty nesters yeah and it's like a whole different experience having, and we just moved. So we bought a house. I'd never owned a house in my life. Oh. And, um, yeah, it's really awesome. Uh, I said I was going to cook, but that hasn't happened yet. But I do have a kitchen island. So <laughs> I have been watching the cooking shows and my husband's like, why do you bother? You don't, you don't know how to cook. And I'm like, I, I might learn something from watching. You know, I also watch all the true crime shows. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> My wife and I dig those. Yeah, that that the empty nest thing, that's that's a tough adjustment. Um it's really a thing and we're finding even though we still have one that's in 7th grade, she is gradually, you know, becoming more independent and doing stuff with her friends and uh so we're already kind of getting a little taste of it and you know, we know it's coming, although it's it's 6 years away before we'll be complete empty nesters, but um it's uh, right. it's daunting. Well, kids are kids are growing up so differently these days. Like, I could not wait to get my license and um, you know just get as far away from the house as I could. I remember <laughs> driving my senior in high school to school that day. Like, huh. it didn't, he just didn't want to get his license yet. Yeah. So. That's really strange. And I know um, in New York and maybe even Chicago, places where, like, public transportation is ubiquitous and you don't have to learn to drive, I could see that. But in Southern California or really anywhere else in America, that's just crazy. I know. So <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Well, except that they have the Internet, so they get out of the house virtually. I guess, but I don't know. I, so, yeah. yeah. So what's the weather there like this time of year because the last, Three times I've worked at Acme, which is one of my favorite clubs in the country, in the world, to do stand-up comedy. It was sub-zero. <laughs> uh, well, in the lower Midwest right now, it's unseasonably warm. We're going to be in the 80s again this oh. week. And usually this time of year, fall is setting in. Uh, the upper Midwest, which I think where our weather is coming from, it is similar. It is probably seasonally above average. But you're going to be there in two weeks or no, a week. A week yes. Okay. In a it, week. it may change. You know the uh, the old lame joke. If you don't like the weather in so and so place, just wait a minute. And um, 
So it may be, but it, it shouldn't be sub-zero. You should, you should be enjoying a nice fall in the upper Midwest there in Minnesota. Well, I just want to be able to um, rent one of the bicycles that I, the last time I was there, I saw they had like this bike rack. Oh yeah, we do that in Cincinnati too, yeah. Did he ride or something? Yeah, something like that. We something haven't done like that. that yet, but um, yeah, we uh, we rented the, the four-person yeah. ones and the riverfront. We have that here. We did that uh, on Mother's Day a year ago. Uh, we all went out and rented them, and that was uh, we, everybody had a big time, as my grandmother used to say. That was a lot of fun. Everybody had a big time. Yeah, that's that my what you my, my grandmother. Yeah, my grandmother oh, used to say that. My yeah. grandmother, I love my my grandmother used to say, um, "Don't marry for money, uh, divorce for money." That's what she said. <laughs> and <laughs> she was funny. She was either ahead of her time or out of her mind because she used to put the phone in her purse, and that was before cell phones. Huh. It was like when they were rotary phones. Yeah. And um, I'm just doing my joke. Sure. You know. No, go for it. I, I love Wendy Liebman okay. jokes. I'm all, I'll, <laughs> we could spend 15 minutes doing this. I'd love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, my grandmother also said she's, she was in Florida, um, you know, for spring break. Uh, no, but she retired to Florida, like you said you were going to. Hopefully, yeah. But my parents, on the other hand, they retired to Manhattan. Because they wanted to go to the theater and go to restaurants, and they did not want to slow down. Actually, they haven't even retired yet. They are um, in their 80s, and they both still work. So they're somewhat bionic. Hmm. Um, And I'm very close. My family were very close genetically. And... um, But they're in Manhattan because they want to go to theater. And I remember the last play I saw on Broadway was, um, the Wicked? No, it was Tommy. Do you remember they yeah. brought back Tommy? Yeah, yeah. But I had, ter- I had terrible teeth. I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> and, but see, I this... really want to see Hamilton. Yeah, but, everyone's, um, everyone's, loves our Hamilton. Yeah, it's going to take forever to get a ticket. So I'm going to go to the off-Broadway uh, one, Jefferson. I'm going to see Jefferson on off-Broadway. <laughs> be a good start. Yeah. Now, see, this is the thing. I don't know if, we mentioned, if I mentioned this to you last time, because this might have happened after I spoke to you last time, is that um, you really are what we we call a comedian's comedian, especially you know in markets where you have the big fan bases, Minnesota, uh, places like that, because of the other comics I talk to, will say, you know, you talk about influences and the name Wendy Liebman comes up amongst others, but um, which is always good to hear because you're such a great joke writer. Even back way when I first saw you, I don't want to, you know, make you feel old, but it's been a while. Um, I was, I've always been a huge fan. I always just love the way you write jokes. Thank you so much. I tried to write a joke the other day and I'm, I'm still working on it. It's, it has taken me up to um, 30 years to perfected joke and I guess I'm a slow writer but um, so the joke is maybe you can help me with it the joke is um, I only walk my dog after I pitch him four balls Um, because there's something in there like when you you walk somebody when you're playing baseball with them oh yeah yeah after they get 
horrible. I know. So it's not immediately hmm. like that's my trouble with the joke. It's yeah. good on paper. Like I can tweet that joke and right, we'll right. get a lot of responses. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I can make it work in a club. Yeah, yeah. That's So uh... um, I'll work on that while I'm in Minnesota. <laughs> cool. Well, do, do you tweet a lot of jokes out? Um I know I follow you on Twitter, but then I hardly ever look at my Twitter feed. I just I always forget to go back and look at it, and then it's a couple of days. And even... I do, and I started um, just tweeting out like these these joke bubbles so that people could retweet them, and it has my name on it. So like I'm a writer, I write checks, I'm not very good, <laughs> um, and so people can retweet that. Yeah, so, and then it says my name at the bottom because I think for the internet. There's a lot of like joke um, borrowing. Yes, theory. and I've seen some of my jokes show up in memes and in cartoons. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Um, so I think comedians we don't really have a way to copyright our jokes. So I'm gonna have to write a novel. Yeah, that way nobody could like copy that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, get, get the copyright that way. Um, but that, you had said that I was I influenced other comedians, yeah. which is just. So, um, I feel very, it makes me feel very old. No, it makes me feel very flattered. And, um, you know, I, not copied, but I listened to the comedians that were starting, that were around me when I was starting in Boston. So I heard the voices of other comedians. I heard Kevin Meany and, um, Jonathan Cass and Don Gavin and, um, uh, Laura Keitlinger. And oh, so yeah, yeah. What, when you're starting to do comedy, you're figuring out your voice and those, those were the ones that I heard. And, um, yeah, so it's very flattering that you say that well, um, and, other people listen to me. And uh, I know you do all kinds of jokes as we, we've heard so far, but uh, it's really, when someone does a misdirect, people always say, oh, that's a Wendy Liebman style joke. And it's kind of cool that people <laughs> associate that kind of, you know, uh, and I guess it's also in your delivery, too, because that helps the misdirect, because you're certain the joke is going one way, and then, of course, you hit him, you know, with this opposite field, another baseball reference, this opposite field uh, punchline, and uh, and it's just brilliant. Um, Thank you. Uh, have you heard from your friend Terry Nunn lately? Because she was on my friend Pat Francis's podcast, and uh, by all reports, everybody had a really awesome time. I don't know if you've heard about that. Well, I didn't hear about that, but the other night I did a benefit um, uh, to help support the We Spark Cancer Center that was started by an actress named Wendy Jo Sperber because she oh, had yeah. cancer. Yeah, yeah. She was Before she up. died, she started this center where people can go and anybody who has cancer or somebody, if it's in your family, you can get like services, including like hypnotherapy and nutrition classes. And I watched a friend of mine go through this and his whole outlook on cancer transformed because he got to go to the center for free. Anyway, so I um, helped get, I helped with the lineup and we had um, Kevin Nealon, Ray Romano, Carol Leifer, uh, Alonzo Godin, Bobby Kessel, Jimmy Brogan and um, myself, and Carrie Nunn was in the audience because you know she's a friend, and yeah. she 
she is like Benjamin Button in that she <laughs> looks younger every time I see her. That's what everyone's been saying lately. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And she should just, she should be one of the judges on The Voice or something. She's so amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. And, so, uh, yes. I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, yeah. The, she came on his show, and uh, they uh, she requested a bottle of wine, so they had that, and they went through the you know Berlin history and stuff. And I, Pat, not really a new wave daddy like myself, but he was a, a fan of Berlin, and it was a pretty good episode. It was a couple of a uh, couple of months back, I think, that she was on. But um, yeah, and um, I guess you guys no longer do the radio show uh, that you had been doing because yeah, no, we haven't done that for a while. But you know, I think life. Everything you do in life is cumulative, so doing the radio with Terry just gave me skills that I never thought I would have, and um, we had an amazing run, so um, yeah, we had a lot of fun, and we're friends, yeah. so God, it's, yeah, <laughs> she's a rock star. Yeah, she is, yeah, and, and things going over. <laughs> we just saw, we just saw the monkeys play live in their 50th anniversary tour. Yeah. I don't know if you're a monkey fan. We saw them at the, at the Cincinnati Zoo, uh, ironically, uh, like 20 years ago, <laughs> um, back when they did their second comeback. And I think all four of them, I remember talking to Mickey Dolenz afterwards, and he was signing autographs, and he seemed very aloof. Um, not in a jerky way, but just kind of like, and I, I think... I don't know if Mike was with them. I don't think Mike was with them because apparently, uh, I just found this out. Mike and Davey did not get along. Well, I don't know the dynamics, but my husband is friends with Mickey, so uh, okay. we um, go to all his concerts. Okay. And whenever they're in town, and um, he's just the most incredible human being, just brilliant, and his voice is is legendary. Yes. Like, when he sang I'm a Believer, that was the last encore they sang um, the other night at the Pantages. It was, it just brought back every childhood memory. Like if you had told me when I was five years old that 50 years later I was going to be sitting front row center <laughs> watching Mickey Dolan's and the, the Monkees uh, sing because my husband was was friends with it. First, I would have said, wait, I'm going to be married when I'm 50. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing would, <laughs> was, oh, my God, I was so in love with that band. That You know, that was my childhood. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was probably the best concert I've ever seen. That's cool. It was yeah. that good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of yeah. 60s, 60s and 80s. But, I mean, I like a lot of today's stuff, too. I still listen to new music, but... um. Uh, if we're going to divide up by decades, the 80s and the 60s probably uh, are tops for me in that respect. And I could, yeah. The monkeys, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. The 70s are all right. Yeah. I'm, my iPod's <laughs> very thin on 70s music, um, but it's very heavy on 80s and 60s, so. And then I listen to a lot of The Bridge on Sirius, which that's my generation. It's like uh, Simon and Garfunkel, James yeah. Taylor, yep. Jackson Brown, and Steely Dan. Yep. I'm dating myself now. Oh, no, not at all. Because a lot of those bands are still popular. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go, yeah. Um, Joni Mitchell. Yep. But we've been um, binge-watching my husband. Now that we're empty nesters, my husband and I are binge-watching a lot of TV. Okay. That we, we are patching up on. So we are almost done with Californication. Oh, okay. Which... Um, 
Yeah, I'm a little behind the time. Yeah, well, we, we just... We are still... Yeah, go ahead. We just started Younger uh, over on TV Land. We're getting through that, and they're starting their third season. What's it called? Younger. Uh, it stars this gal off of Broadway. Um, uh, what's her name? Foster? Uh, Hillary uh, Duff is in it. Hillary Duff is the, one of the main leads in it, too. She's a, uh, like the second lead in it. And this woman has to pretend she's 40, and she has to pretend to be 26 to get this job at a Manhattan publishing firm. And that's kind of the... It's the Sex and the City guy uh, did it. Darren, uh, what, Darren Starr. So it's very sex, uh-huh. in, sex in the city esque, but not as um, not quite as over the top. I like I think I actually like it a little bit better. It's dialed back a little bit, which is nice because it's more mm-hmm. character focused. So that's that's one of the ones that's what we're on right now. We watched episodes with Matt LeBlanc. Oh yeah, we got to kind of get. We're huge Friends fans, so I got to put that on our list oh, too. Oh my god, I you know I watch Friends, but I was wasn't like exactly in my wheelhouse. But I am such a fan of Matt LeBlanc now. Oh, okay. He makes fun of himself. Yeah, yeah. And the show is about these two English writers who come over to the States to do their sitcom. And um, it's hilarious. It's really well done. It's on Showtime, so it's a little racier than yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna a, a normal sitcom. But we're also watching like Ray Donovan and we watch Bloodline. And um, the uh, one of the actors won an Emmy last night for Bloodline, so okay. that was well deserved. Did I just ruin something for you? No, no, we, 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 we going it. No, 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 no. I, just, I have a big old list in Google Docs of stuff we have to get to, and and, and like so we're just doing one show at a time, and it's hard to because you know we put it on and we end up falling asleep because we're watching it late at night. Because uh, so we'll we'll we'll, 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 power, we'll power through them, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, great, ma'am. Got a great stuff for the article and, of course, for the podcast. As always, great having you on. And uh, this will drop this yeah. Sunday. The uh, print piece will be in City Pages in print on the, online the week you're in uh, Minneapolis. And as always, I hope we get to hear uh, see you down here in Cincinnati sometime. I hope so. Yeah. And, I was uh, at the, um, funny, the Funny Bone, is it? Yeah. In Cincinnati? Have, yeah. Yeah. On the Kentucky border. Yep, yep, over across the river. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to say one other thing about being yes. the comic comic. Yes, yes. That this year, you asked me what was going on. Oh, yeah, this yeah. This year, I started um, doing a show at, um, like, I started producing a monthly show in L.A. Oh, cool. It's called Locally, Locally Grown Comedy, and I get, like, eight of the greatest comedians every show, and I host it. And I really love, I love bringing these comics to the audience. And it just is a whole other side of my profession. And I'm loving it. I love it. So my awesome. next show is tomorrow night. I have everybody from Amir K, who was just on Mad TV, the new Mad TV, yeah, yeah. Um, to uh, Al Ludell, who's been on the Tonight Show five times. Yeah. Times and yeah. um, Bob Zaney and Steve oh yeah, White yeah. Bob Zaney, yeah. Andy Kindler. Andy Kindler, love Andy Kindler. Uh, oh my gosh, I know he's doing my show tomorrow night. So awesome. like I love it's at a, an Italian restaurant, in Studio City. It's once a month, and uh, it's, yeah, I just love doing it. It's my it's like being a um, I'm a producer. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> 
Well, I'll, I'll put a bug in the ear of the guy that books the club here in Cincinnati, and uh, and maybe we can get you down here uh, again. Awesome. Thank Terrific. you so much. Well, thanks, Wendy. Good talking to you. Okay, you too. All right, take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Wendy Liebman for being on the show. You can catch Wendy in Minneapolis at the Acme Comedy Company. That would be this week, Wednesday, September 28th through Saturday, October 1st. If you've never seen Wendy before, do go check her out when she's in your town. She has not updated her schedule yet. When she does, you can probably find that at wendyliebman.com. And Liebman is L-I-E-B-M-A-N. Again, one of America's best joke writers. Check her out on YouTube and uh, follow her on Twitter. She tweets out a lot of funny jokes. And toward that end, you heard her ask me for some help on the uh, joke about uh, walking her dog, which I think she was just being sweet. I don't think she really needed my help. But anyway, I tweeted her a couple of options, and I have not heard back uh, to see if those worked out or not. Which uh, takes us to the song of the week. We're going to skip the credits, uh, get you guys out of class early today. Uh, The new Pet Shop Boys song is called Say It To Me. And uh, it's the brand new single. The album is it's super. It came out in April. Uh, I wasn't really uh, interested in, in picking it up. I, and I, usually I am very excited to get it. And then I forgot all about it. And now this is the fourth single from the album. Pretty even album. Uh, the single is pretty good. I'm not sure if it's like a Love Etc. type of single that they've you know had later in their career. But um, this is Say It To Me. This is the new single. It is our song of the week. Uh, let me know what you think. You, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, PF's Tape Recorder at gmail.com. If you want to email uh, your findings to me, you can do that as well. Patch Up Boys, Song of the Week, Say It To Me, PF Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. My pretty, come on to simply this. You're an enigma even when you kiss. You won't tell me what or when